0: hey everybody welcome back to the combat chain i am your host patrick shaw with me as always my co-host adam adam how are we doing today Hey
1: Pat, we're doing good. Uh we've been working hard trying to dial in the last minute decisions for uh for Nats uh coming up this weekend. Canadian Nationals. Um super exciting. Right. Um Yeah, we've got the deck locked in, we've got our heroes locked in, decks locked in. Uh been working hard to these past couple days with uh Felix Chung and uh, Nathan Fortin, Uh, a couple others have been providing a little bit of help here and there, but those two have been the main, the main guys I've been working with. And we're just uh, seeing, making sure, making sure we know what's going on, making sure everything feels good. Um, Yeah, it's exciting. And do you, do you feel good? I think so. Uh, I mean... The what uh, and I don't know, oh, I hate being in this position. What do I say? it's what
0: all right do... sorry. It's, it's right, right, sorry, right. you can feel good, but there's there's yeah. some things you're gonna dodge. That's the meta right now, though, right? There's no it doesn't seem like there's a hundred percent something that's you know, that's ten into the field. everyone's gonna everyone's gonna pick their deck. It seems like, and there is no you're gonna have a bad matchup uh, somewhere down the line, so it seems
1: i yeah, but even like, I feel good about the bad matchups. So that's
0: good. It's good. It's where you yeah. want to be, right? You're you get in the groove, ready to go. It's yeah. it's competition week, right? We we do this in in all sorts of sports and competitions, right? You you, you peak, and then you know the day before or so, you just kind of relax, and all the hard work is done, right? And then Friday is it Friday? Saturday. Yes, Wednesday we're recording Friday, right tonight. Oh. Yeah. Yeah,
1: day one is Saturday. Day one, Saturday. Oh,
0: is it only a two day thing?
1: Yeah, two, uh, Canada is just two day. We're we're yeah, small, tiny,
0: small fry nats, tiny nats. How? What's the cap? Is it is it 96. plus ninety six okay ninety six on the so, dots? So you're you're one of the you're one of the ten
1: pointers now, huh? I guess so. And I don't you know, expect all ninety six to show up. Like it's gonna be, I don't know, fifty, sixty, seventy, maybe players. Is mm-hmm. my guess uh but just because it's a smaller field doesn't mean like it's not a there. there's a lot of talent in that field like yeah. pound pound for pound like i think i i've i've even my opinion might be biased but i think we've got some very stellar flesh and blood
0: players here up north Dude, you and, and you have uh you have the possibility of someone to win uh, nationals in two separate countries in two separate years because Tarek Patel is is competing this weekend as well in Canadian Nets yeah that's a good point uh wouldn't that be something
1: to be the not only like probably at this point he probably will be would be one of the only ones with a two-time title but to like have a, two a title you know he'd be the only one with a title in two separate countries. Sorry, I've got a bug flying around me. It's like a moth. I saw, or saw that
0: I was like, I wonder <laughs> if he's gonna play that off. <laughs> you got gonna swat it like you're gonna SWAT Tarek in well, the, the top If it keeps
1: flopping around like this, the cats are gonna start chasing it and you might see the cats flop flying around in the background. Man, we gotta get a video uh component to this YouTube or to this uh podcast so people can see what we're seeing you, sometimes. Um...
0: But yeah, I I, I forget uh, sometimes that that Canadian Nets is is this this weekend. It's it's go time. That's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm rooting for you, obviously. Wouldn't it be terrible if I wasn't? They're like ah, screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, Yeah, I not What do you say to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. No, it's like no, no. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to be your villain origin story. I, no, I'm not going to no. be that guy.
1: No, it's all right,
0: all good. Adam. Guess what? What's up? We have a special guest today here on the Combat Chain. Today we are welcoming Joshua Lau to the program. Josh, say hello.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Lau. Nice to be here.
0: Thanks for coming on. Josh is one of the marquee members of the Card Guys team. You can usually see him hosting his own show on the Card Guys YouTube channel, Fab Two Hundred One. You can also see him in many major tournaments uh, playing either Bolton or Dorinthia. Most recently, you may have seen him on stream hitting the mythical triple Lumina combo at Pro Tour Lil. Josh, thank you for coming on today.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, represent my team and represent the Warrior class. And, you know, we're going to have a good time today talking about Fab. We're going to talk about, you know, Nationals, Warrior, Meta, Absolutely. whatever you guys want to talk about. It's going to be fun. And we're going to we're going to we're going to pepper you with a little bit of
0: everything. But first, no one escapes the origin story here on the combat chain. So first of all, can you tell the audience who are you and how the hell did you get here?
2: All right. Well, um, my origin story for fab actually originates out of the country. So. um, A lot of people know me for, you know, being in events in the US and But actually, I uh, learned to play fab in my other home in Hong Kong. Uh, I actually lived in Hong Kong for 20 years. I went to school there. I went to university there. I had started my career there. And uh, in 2018 or so, I started to pick up Magic the Gathering. That was around the Ixalan block. And uh, basically, I ordered singles from a place called channel fireball and in 2019 uh, at the end of 2019 they started selling flesh and blood intro bundles there and i was like sure this this seems kind of fun let's uh let's just add this to the cart so a month later in the mail comes a welcome to wraith box uh two of the classic 2018 brown playmats Two Ira Welcome, welcome. to X, a slew of promos, and a letter from James White thanking me for buying this, apparently. Uh, so we cracked it at my LGS, and uh, this was basically the introduction of Fab to Hong Kong. I had the very first box <laughs> in Hong Kong, and I introduced the game to that region, and now it is one of the strongest regions in the whole world. Some of the greatest players of the game are from that region uh, the talent density in that place is insane and uh, I mean I got to play FAB in 2020 uh, what, so I, I moved to the US in the middle of uh, last year uh, 2021 but I was in I think I actually got my years wrong. (laughs) COVID actually messed up my years. I I only played fab in Hong Kong for like six months or so. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually the first one in Hong Kong to reach 1,000 experience points there. And, you know, something I kind of miss about Hong Kong is I I could play like 10 events a week. Uh, Literally multiple armories that you could join every single day. And then on Saturday, Sunday, you could hit two if you wanted. Uh, that's uh, unfortunately not the case in where I live now. I live in Alabama, and it's uh, uh, there might be two or three a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they may not fire. But yeah, so my, my origin story is I, I played in Hong Kong. I mm-hmm. picked up the game in Hong Kong, and uh, I moved to the US in 2021. And then I continued my fab career here. I went to a few events in Tennessee and in Georgia, and that's how I met the other guys on the Card Guys team. Mm-hmm. And I uh, kicked their ass a lot, so you know they were like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, Josh, uh, you want to join our team?" And you know the rest is history from there.
0: Excellent. I I remember that original 2018 uh, mm-hmm. 19 Channel Fireball kit there. I think that's yep. one of the biggest FOMO moments. I think mm-hmm. I have is I saw that and I had the mm-hmm. opportunity and just I was like, eh, nah, maybe sometime in the in the future. And then I got all in on Fab and I still think about it's like, oh the OG playmats, just yeah, everything yeah. that came with that, just I that got was... in
1: on that kit. I uh, pretty <laughs> stoked for it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that is unfortunate for me. John uh, mm-hmm. Your your nickname is the accountant. Uh, how did that? How did that nickname come to pass? And our first community question that ties into that is Flake, friend of the channel, host of the Instant Speed Podcast, asks, "How do you like being the accountant?"
2: That's a nice nickname. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I got that because uh, I was on stream round four of a uh, PT Lil. so I ended up three zero in my draft, and as soon as I finished the. Uh, the draft, and then uh, started sitting down for the CC matches. I didn't even get my play mat out, and somebody already tapped me on the shoulder, and he's like, hey, you're the feature match for round four. I'm like, I kind of figured that so because I'm the only bolted in the tournament and I'm 3-0, so I was like, yeah, they're going to put me on camera. Uh, so I play against Viserae. Um That uh, stream is somewhere on YouTube. You could probably find it, PT Lil, uh, And I pull off the highest of high rolls, the b- most damaging combo that Volting could possibly do, a triple Lumina combo with Gallantry Gold. And one of the commentators, as I was pulling it off, said it looked like I was just uh, another Tuesday for Josh, the accountant, uh, because I was you know, pointing at the dice, I was pointing at the cards, I was writing life totals, I was flipping cards for the Lumina, I was writing life totals. I was pointing at cards. I was flipping dice, and it was just a loop because I had to do that eight times, right? So for like f- three or four minutes, it looks like I'm pointing at like I'm gonna itemize this, I'm gonna deduct this, and then write this, and then calculate this, and itemize this. <laughs> and so, yeah, he, they said I looked like a very very calm killer, <laughs> like in a, every other Tuesday. But I was very excited in my in my head, but I uh, but I also realized like. I had to play very cleanly. Like, I, I have to you know, make sure I get my attacks go again. I have to be very clean with the triggers. I have to record the life totals carefully, be, especially because um, there was you know, two judges there. And one of the judges was recording the life total changes. And when you're comboing off, the life total changes on both sides, right? It's not just taking yeah, damage. Right. You're, you're, so getting you're enough, right?
0: going up, they're going
2: down. You're yeah. very clear to, for the judges so they could adjust the life totals and all that. So uh, the accountant was very thorough that game and that's how i got that nickname up
0: <laughs> excellent excellent uh we we've noticed uh in the past there um we've we've done some work with the flesh and blood team league uh and mm-hmm. even in that even on tts you you're very you're very good about your dice and showing showing your opponent exactly what's about to happen to them is that where does that come from is that uh, uh is that something that you, you've you just like mm-hmm. trained in from the beginning how does it how do you develop that kind of habit
2: well so the very first hero that i really started to play seriously was Dorinthia. and with that deck the attack values often change and if your opponent's playing defense values oftentimes their defense changes and so i like to represent things very very clearly with dice so i'll be like okay red warriors valor into swing Dawnblade, blade six damage right That way, my opponent doesn't have to ask me because playing against Dyrithia is already stressful enough. You know, I kind of want to reduce their mental stress. Helps them play faster, basically. Uh, Just to show them, it's six damage, right? Mm -hmm. And when they block to confirm their block, I'll put dice on their attack or on their defense if it's an important block, just to confirm. Like you, you're done blocking. You you want to block for nine? Okay, put two dice nine. Okay. yeah, I, I just think the dice, especially uh, another thing is Bolton's attacks also change values quite often because it's, you know, red take fight is four or five, right? So I often just put dice just to make things very clear to my opponent. Uh, yeah, I just I just want to make, you know, things as clear as possible. Keep the game going. And, you know, those giant dice uh on stream, I, those were really, really nice to use. I really, really liked the 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 Pro Tour Lille dice. Those those things felt amazing. And I, I, apparently, I heard that like the uh, content creators may be getting that in the future. So that'd be really, really cool to have. I heard I heard that as well. Yes, we're fingers crossed. We're crossing our fingers
0: over here to uh, yeah. get them in the next kit because that would be that would be stupendous. I think yep. a couple a couple of those might slip into my pocket, and I don't know <laughs> what happened to them. But those are very very nice. Excited yeah, as, long to as you use them for content,
2: I think they'll 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 be fine with that. Exactly. But yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you you did make it to Pro Tour, Leo. Uh Before we started recording, you guys were talking about your experience there. Uh, it seems like you made it a bit of a trip. What tell me about your your experience out there? And obviously, you you extended your stay past the
2: Pro Tour. So what what was what did you do? Yeah, I was I was actually gone from home for 26 days. <laughs> uh was a long long time. Uh, I got to Lille uh, about the Monday before Pro Tour and you know the first couple days I was uh at the draft house basically. There was uh there was about 8 of us or so there and so G hosted that. Um uh, Michael Fang, Michael Hamilton was there, uh Brendan Patrick was there. Hayden Dale was there. A lot of very, very top uh, talent, talent players were there, and we yeah. just did drafts for like three days. Um, just got very comfortable. Um, some th- that really, really helped me out because, uh, uh, like I said, I I live in you know kind of a more rural area in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So getting to armories is already like it, armories may or may not fire, and if they do fire, they may not be draft and if they are draft they may not be an eight player pod and if it is an eight player pod it's not the highest tier competition right Mm -hmm. so getting to fire like i think six drafts against high level players for that couple days before really really helped um Mm -hmm. and so yeah that that was pre pre pre-leo and then uh my teammates got in on thursday so we jammed one more draft and uh we got. We just went to the Pro Tour on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I finished five two on day one, uh, so I three out the draft. I was playing five. I got very, very fortunate that. Uh, so my five deck was not very good. I was one of four fives in the pod, so it's four yeah. two two split. Yep. And it was a really weird draft because uh, the four fives were actually in a row. So that's like, it's really, really odd for that to happen. Mm -hmm. But, uh, But I actually, so my deck ended up being so bad that I was like, okay, you know what? I have to focus more on generics. So I started prioritizing six power cards and then I happened to play Dromai Dromai in the first two matchups. And, you know, having five poppers carried me in those two matches. And then in the third match I played against, I can't remember, it might've been Fire. I think it was Fire. I just... I got lucky because I had a sideboard um, sigil and I drew that turn one. So I started the game on 23 essentially and yep. that was, you know, so I lost the dice roll. I had to go first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fire mirror. That's normally a death sentence going first in the fire mirror. But if you have the sigil, you can uh, play that in turn one. Then you essentially have ward three on the board, right? So i squeaked out of the draft. three Shouldn't have happened, but I did it. Uh, and then Played against Visceri on camera. If you're a fan of Fab, go watch that. That was a pretty crazy game. Uh, so, won that match. And then I played against uh, Easton Douglas, who was on Hybrid Lexi. And he was actually one of the players who went 7 0 on the day. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I played and- one of his
1: teammates on the list they were on. It was something mm-hmm.
0: Ascent, right? And- team Ascent. Team Ascent. Yeah. yeah. Team Ascent. yeah.
2: My my brother is actually on Team Ascent. Uh, he's he's in Colorado. Shout out to Michael. Uh, the so yeah that Lexi is just a pretty difficult match for Bolton. Uh-huh. I guess I should have mentioned that I'm I was on uh, hybrid Bolton for the Pro Tour. Uh, that was kind of a rough match. So I lost that one. The next match I ended up playing Briar, and uh, this is one of the weirdest games of Fab ever because he didn't draw Channel and I didn't draw my combo. So we were both you know swinging wet noodles at each other like playing the most fair game of fab ever. Yeah. And he played multiple Sonatas and shuffled his deck so many times. And he couldn't find his Channel of Heroics until he was down to like 20 cards. And I couldn't find my combo to save my life either for like to the last 20 cards. So that was a weird game. He got me in the end. Really close game. And then uh, the next match, I had to play my teammate, Nathan Crawford, who was also on brar mm-hmm. And I just drew... I, I got the combo off on like turn three, I think. And from there, I was able to close it out with a V of the Vanguard. So I ended 5-2 on the day. Not too bad. And then the next day, uh, what happened? I, it was quite a while ago, actually. I, I drafted, I think I went 1-2. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that great. I, I I messed up one of my... uh. I, I played a Scar for Scar and then I swung Ember Blade, and I forgot that Darfur's Star Star's is not draconic, and Ember yeah. Blade requires mm-hmm. draconic, right? So that yep. that was a that was one of the that was a big mistake. I lost one of the games because of that. I deserve to lose that. Uh, and then I played four more CC games. I played against Prism a couple times. That didn't go very well. That's one of the tough tougher matchups for Bolton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played against the most. I played against Matt Rogers on Dash, and yeah. I I got him there. Like I I got uh. A double lumina into a triple lumina combo off on him, and you know after the game he was like, "I've only played against Bolton once before <laughs> you," and he was, and I was like, "Oh, how'd that go?" He's like, "Oh, that was back in the Starvo meta, and I just blizzard his combo, and it, he he didn't even get the combo off." So I was actually the first one to combo Matt Rogers, <laughs> I guess. Claim the fame. Uh, so, yeah, claim the fame, and and then I played against a really really tanky old him. Like the most defensive old him I've ever seen in my life. And I was barely able to squeak that one out. That one really, really required every every ounce of uh, all, all of my uh, Bolton knowledge to take that one. In the end, I ended 8 6. Uh, not too bad. Could have done better. Could have played a little tighter. Uh, wish I dodged Prism and Lexi a little bit more. I wish I played against more Visceri, Briar, and Phi. Um, but overall, I'm f- I'm fine with that performance. Uh, after Pro Tour Lille, I went to Amsterdam to visit a friend for a while. And then we flew to London, toured around. She's a big Harry Potter fan, so we did some Harry Potter stuff there. If you ever go to London, I, I ha- recommend going to the Palace Theatre. They have a place, they-, they have a Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play. Mm. And that was really, really excellent. I actually haven't been to a play before, but I'm really, really surprised, like, just how like good a professional play can be, like how mm-hmm. coordinated everything is, is just ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah. if you haven't been to a play, I highly recommend going, um, even if you don't think that's your type of thing. Like I'm I'm pretty much a, you know, kind of like a traditional nerd. <laughs> like, so, so like arts and theater and all that, you know, may not, you may not think that's up your alley, but just give it a try. You may like it. Flew back to Amsterdam, spent a few more days there. Flew back to the US. Uh, got to play an armory yesterday in Atlanta, uh, went four out there with Bolton. <laughs> I got triple lumina off th- two times on my teammates, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was. A, and then I drove back in the morning. So a little bit of a l- long trip, but uh, you know, I, you know, as, as, as they say, you know, play the game, see the world so i definitely did the last couple weeks yeah
0: excellent so how many how many boltons do you were
2: at lil was it just you it was just me uh so (laughs) i i often joke about how i make lss's graphic designer work harder (laughs) because (laughs) they have to add in Bolton to -hmm. day two stats or whatever like in Indianapolis they had to add an extra line as like Bolton yeah, just a <laughs> little sliver line there
0: <laughs> I was
2: to just of- line yep uh so yeah I was the only Bolton in the pro tour there were three or four in the calling and they actually went up to me between the calling rounds to talk to me uh and tell me about you know how the games were going so that was cool I got to meet some some other Bolton players there
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, now Bolton, Dorinthia are obviously your jam. You're known to, you're known as the, the, the warrior guy. Tell me, Mm -hmm. tell me about warriors. What, what draws you to the warrior class, uh, uh, initially? Mm -hmm. And I'll tie in our next community question, uh, Mm -hmm. from Sebastiano Cavallo, uh, someone you may know, uh, know, well. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he asks, "What keeps you so loyal to your main class rather than jumping ship to a deck or class with more perceived strength?"
2: Hmm. This is a really, really good question, and it's a question I actually didn't really think about until uh, I saw the his question on Twitter. Um, so, I actually, you know, gave it some thought on my drive back yesterday, and uh, it basically comes down to a few things. The first thing is the identity of warrior. Really clicks with me. Um, so, one one of the things I like to talk about is the identity of warrior. A lot of people m- misunderstand the identity of warrior. They think, oh, warrior is all about their weapons, warrior is all about attack reactions, and um, but that's actually not the case. The common thread between the three warriors in the game, between Dorinthia, Bolton, and Kasai, is that they all put their opponents into difficult situations. A damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. So Dorinthia says, if you block, I get reprised. If you don't block, I will hit you again and put a counter on Dawnblade and make your life harder. Bolton says, if you block with an attack action, my attacks get stronger, I can give them go again. If you don't block, I hit you with some on hit effect. I may be able to just pump it anyways and then come in again with another attack uh kasai says if you block my sabers uh they get pumped by attack actions and it turns on reprise if you don't block my sabers i get copper and then you're gonna pay for it when i play blood on my hands so the commonality between all three warriors is that they put their opponents into hard positions and i i really enjoy that portion of the game i like to make my opponents think i like to force them into hard spots and that one of the bonuses of playing flesh and blood is that most of the games are in the flesh and blood and when you're playing warrior you get to you get to read your opponent you get to you know see how they react to how you play you get to see like i've played dorinthia for a thousand games or so now i can actually tell when they have d reacts or not Like, just by their body language, how they hold their cards. Like, I pick up on all these things, and that gives me a pretty nice edge. Um, And being able to... One of the nice things is that Warrior in general is mid-range. So you get to adapt to your opponent. So you get to... One of the nice things about Warrior is that you can extend the game longer if you want to. And you can use that time to feel out your opponent get to see like do they how do they like to block? How do they like to defend? How do they deal with threats? do they do they overblock? Do they underblock? So once I can predict my opponents' tendencies, I can actually improve and play even better against them after a few more turns in the game. Um, another thing that I like about warriors is that they always create close games, uh, especially against very strong opponents. Uh, and That requires you to play perfectly. Uh, And that's actually one of the things that I like. Warrior just makes you a better player, because you're playing flesh and blood at a very fundamental level. You're blocking, you're attacking, you're setting up, you're trying to do a big turn, you're trying to deny their big turns. You you use the whole, uh, you're using every step of the game. You're you're using the attack reaction step, using the defense reaction step. and it just, like, playing Warrior just makes you f- better at the fundamentals of the game. So you become better at, like, Limited and, you know, other format like Blitz. It also helps as well. Uh, and so, so yeah. Basically, Warrior teaches you not to be bad. <laughs> uh, and I guess the, the other thing is that Warrior currently is off meta. And I've always enjoyed playing things that are off meta. I think even if Warrior was meta, I would still be playing Warrior but uh you know it's a bonus that war is off meta and uh that just that just puts them off book from turn zero you know some i don't know if you guys are familiar with chess but you know there's chess chess grandmasters they sometimes prepare obscure openings or obscure lines to force their opponent off book as quickly mm-hmm. as possible and playing warrior Especially playing Bolton puts people off book from turn zero. Like, oftentimes I see them get out their sideboard notes, look at it, and then they're like, and then they're they're kind of joking with me, like, "I'm just kidding, I didn't write anything down for you." (laughs) Uh, That happens all the time. Like, people people don't have uh, sideboard plans against me. They have to they have to react to things that they potentially haven't seen before. And even if they played against warriors, they haven't played against a warrior of my of my power level, I guess, But to, mm-hmm. to put it simply. And, you know, that, that just creates some nice advantages for me. Um, so, yeah. The identity of warrior, I love. It teaches you how to play the game in a fundamental way. And it's a bit off meta, so there's some advantages to be gained from it.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, the narrative was that when Prism came out, or became legend, Living Legend, uh, Dorinthia would finally have her time to shine in the modern constructed scene, today's today's constructed meta. But it seems that the big bad of the format uh, is Oldham, and he stepped in to continue freezing her out. What's your take on the meta as it stands? Is Oldham simply the newest gatekeeper for Warrior in the format?
2: Okay, so there's... Uh... Several layers to this question. Let's dis- dissect it uh, part mm-hmm. by part. So let's 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 talk about Oldham versus Dorinthia first, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about Oldham versus Bolton. So uh, I'll be blunt. Uh, there is a way to build Oldham in which you cannot win as Dorinthia. Oldham uh, has access to a to sink below fate, foreseen, unmovable, biting gale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Staunch response. Like you you if you want you, uh, if you want Oasis respite, th- if you want to build your old him deck to beat Dorinthia, you can. You can make it a 95-5 matchup. However, that means you sacrifice some of your other matchups, right? So oh. cur- so if you look at the old him builds right now, some of them are running six D Reacts only. They're running the red staunch and the blue staunch. If I play against an old him with six D Reacts, I'm gonna beat them. However, as soon as you as soon as you get into the nine or twelve D React section, that makes the game much, much more complicated because as Dorinthia, you have a limited amount of threats, you have a limited amount of pumps, and you have to draw them together with a blue to have a decent turn. And you can only do that a certain amount of times per game. And if Old Him can present enough defense, defense reactions or pseudo-defense reactions like Oasis Respite, steadfast. You're just not going to break through. So uh, if super defensive old him becomes a thing or becomes meta, Dorinthia basically gets gate kept by that. However, the current iterations of Old him generally are running six or nine DReX, And I think that's actually an acceptable level for Dorinthia. But the thing is, that's a. That's perceived to be a very difficult matchup because I feel like a lot of Dorinthia players are not playing that matchup correctly. Just in general, I've you, I've said this many times before on my Fab 201 show, uh, Dorinthia is not an aggro deck. Dorinthia is a mid-range deck. And a lot of people play her as, all right, no blocks, present four cards. No blocks, prevent, present four cards. That's not how you beat Oldham you gotta, you got to have a plan from turn zero on how to beat him. And that generally involves setting up turns where no matter what he does, you can get through. So that no, no, by get through, I mean going over with something big, like Overpower, or going around with something like Twinning Blade. Um, setting up those type of turns is very, very important. You need to set it up several times to beat Oldham. But if you can do that, I think you'll be fine. It's not a favorable matchup. I think even uh, even if the Guardian is playing six... Let's say they're playing nine D reacts and they're equal skill level with me, I think they'll win probably 55% of the time. But the, but they also have to know how to play against Dorinthia. Dorinthia has actually not been in the meta for so long that even very skilled ultim players do not have a lot of reps against Dorinthia. And mm-hmm. if you don't have reps against Dorinthia... She's going to punish you really hard. If you don't know what she's capable of, you're going to have a very, very hard time. (laughs) Something that's very funny is that my practice games against my practice partners are actually harder than my Pro Tour games because my practice partners have experience against me, against Dorinthia, against Bolton. Mm -hmm. They've seen what the possibilities are, and they can adapt to that. Whereas a lot of the people in the Pro Tour, they have never played against... Or they played against it a few times, right? So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's I, I think Dorinthia is in a fine spot as long as Super Turtle old him is not a thing. Uh, but you do have to warp your deck build a little bit, and that's actually a video that I'm gonna be making later tonight. So I just got back home, so i I told people on Twitter that I was gonna make a Dorinthia deck building video, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. So I'm gonna record okay. that after this. Uh, but. So, the nice thing is that the way to build your Dorinthia deck against Ultim, to be good against Ultim, is actually the same way to make it good against Icelander. Make it back pump. So, there's two types of Dorinthia styles. Front pump means playing cards pre-combat before you swing your Dawnblade. Back pump means you're just going with your Dawnblade and then waiting to see what they're going to do. So, back pump is really good against Ultim because he, if he doesn't have a react he has to overblock. And if he over-blocks, you can Twinning Blade and mess him up. Uh, it's, back Pump is also very good against Icelander because it doesn't give her a chance to gain priority to give you a Frostbite. Right, if you right. just swing Dawnblade at Icelander, it makes her job really tough. Mm-hmm. It it makes her, her life really hard. Because if she doesn't do anything, she says no blocks, and I just pour damage into her, she takes like 12 from from my attack reacts. Yeah, that happens two times more. She's dead, right? Mm-hmm. So if she if she reacts, then I can. One of the nice things about war is that you can react to the reactions of the wizard, right? So, uh, so that basically playing back pump helps you against both decks. So, mm-hmm. uh, the build that I'll probably be building uh, later tonight will be a back pump focus deck. So that means using all the attack reactions available to Dorinthia, Going three overpower two route, you know, playing biting blade, these really heavy attack reacts to punch mm. through damage. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Dory versus Old Him, Dory versus Icelander. So let's talk about the other warrior, Bolton versus Old Him. Uh, this is a matchup that requires very, very perfect piloting, and I think that's actually one of the one of the hardest things about playing Bolton is you have to understand. 16 different matchups you have to understand exactly what the threats are and how to deal with them and you have to understand how so there's three stages of a bolting game there's pre-combo assuming you're playing the combo deck there's pre-combo so how to assemble the combo without dying comboing so how to execute the combo for maximum damage and to make sure the combo doesn't fizzle and then post-combo so that means how if they're not dead how do you make sure that that you close the game out, right? So you have to understand 16 different matchups. You have to understand three different phases of the game. So there's actually 48 different (laughs) things you need to know as Bolton. And that's what makes that deck so difficult to pilot. This
0: already sounds
2: terrible for me. I can't (laughs) do that. (laughs) If you look on, uh, it's called talishar.net, but Flesh and Blood Online, Uh, the win rate for the deck is like 35%. My RTN deck that I won with was 35%. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not true. It's not 35%, but it is 35% if you don't understand exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. so, that, so so my main point here is that playing against Ultim is actually the most demanding matchup for Bolton because you have to be aware, you have to keep track of things like Channel Lake Frigid, Blizzard, uh, the one that... Uh, that when you fuse, it can destroy your armor. So there's and you expose you the elements, to expose to the elements oh. yes. And uh, you also have to play around his hero ability, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in order to combo properly against old him, you have to set up a bit with like a potion, or you risk just losing, right? Uh, and it's also impossible to triple Lumina a old him if they're good. Uh, so. Basically it's very very difficult to play that matchup. If you make one mistake, you can actually just lose the game. Uh but I think if uh in the current iteration of the deck, uh I think it's actually fine against ultim. The main issue is icelander. Icelander is actually a the reason why you have to play a hybrid build of Bolton now because if you play combo and they play hypothermia, you just lose. Yeah. Um I I played a couple games against uh, uh, Philip. He's an Australian, got top eight at Australian Nats, and he plays a very, very, very strong Icelander. And I played a couple games as Bolton against him, not even remotely close. Um, So basically, in that matchup, you have to run Raiden, and you have to run an increased blue count, and even then it's still not very good for you. Um, But it is a Things are a little bit better now because you have extra sideboard slots because Prism left. So you can you can switch some of those sideboard slots over. But in general, Bolton doesn't have a lot of resources to work with, so playing things like AB3 is even a little tricky. So uh currently I think both warriors are actually in a fine spot. The only issue is that the barrier to entry of playing warrior is even higher than ever now because you don't have easy matchups anymore uh i mean you never really had easy matchups but you the matchups you're more likely to run into now are actually the most tricky and most mechanically demanding matchups uh old him is a deck and guardian in general is a deck that punishes mediocre players really really badly because if you don't have a plan from turn zero they're just going to block three hammer you block three hammer you and a lot of people don't know how to deal with that um they try to play a you know attrition game, or they they come into the game with uh with without a plan. If you don't have a plan against Guardian, you're going to lose. And if you don't uh, execute your strategy properly, you're going to lose against Guardian. And so in that way, Guardian forces people to be better, which I do <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> Warrior teaches you to be a better player, and Guardian teaches mm-hmm. you how to how to be better from yes.
2: facing it. Yep. it so so
0: should, if you just play as Warrior against Guardian, you become yep. a pretty
2: good player. I, I actually think probably my favorite matchup outside the Dory Mirror is actually Dory versus uh, Bravo, because oh. that is the most... that Those two heroes were designed in the same set. They right. fought each other multiple times in the WTR, ARC, CRU meta, oh. and that is actually the most classic... In my opinion, the most classic matchup in the game and the the one that embodies what flesh and blood is, is Dorinthia versus Bravo. And some of the most memorable games I've had have been Durantia versus Bravo. It's very demanding matchup on both sides, very fluid matchup on both sides. I really, really enjoy that matchup in general. And, you know, the better player will come out on top in that matchup in general. I feel I feel
0: that way uh, with Katsu versus Bravo. Okay, I think that mm-hmm. for that for me is like that mm-hmm. right, the purest form of Fab that I I can play is yeah. is that kind of matchup. Adam, what's yeah. the, what's yours? What's your what's your what's your purest what's your purest iteration of flesh and blood match? Oh, come on, Pat, you know the answer to this. It's Kano versus anybody else without a no no, no 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 no. The purest <laughs> form,
1: the purest that's welcome deck, my friend.
0: Oh, you know what? That's true. I should have known that from you. Yes. Yes. Welcome deck mirror is, is mm-hmm. that's
2: about as pure as you can get right there. That's That's, that that's is, that is right fair
1: there. flesh and blood right
2: there that is that is the whirling most miss blossom lunging press into whirling miss blossom <laughs> oh, no, the, no, no, dream. The, the, the dream the dream. The dream,
1: is open with the biting gale or yeah with no with <laughs> a pounding gale then into the whirling mm-hmm. miss blossom then you have the lunging press you draw two, then you can draw into mm-hmm. the second whirling miss blossom hopefully
0: you hit the second go. lunging this press. What with, we've done
2: <laughs> yep the typhoon is starting
0: to come down the, the abyss <laughs> does love himself some some welcome mm-hmm. deck um so you had just mentioned that uh, the the most popular matchups are, are some of Dorinthia's hardest here. Let's talk about Classic Constructed uh, mm-hmm. as it stands right now. Um, help us break it down. Uh, it seems like it's pretty solidly uh, the top three decks seem to be Oldham, Dramai, and Icelander, uh, with Oldham uh, being kind of the big bad of that. Um, there are a few aggressive decks uh, we've seen trying to break through, but. Uh, give us this, give us the scene uh, in classic instructed as you see it uh, coming in for nats we got can, Canadian nats coming up this weekend we got US nats the weekend after that mm-hmm. uh, from your perspective give, you don't have to don't, you don't have to give me all 16 heroes but where where mm-hmm. do you think the top is right now
2: Yep Okay so I I've, I've been traveling quite a bit I haven't been playing very much but I have been paying attention to uh, articles on Fab TCG. I've been talking with my teammates. I've been talking with my practice partners. Um, so, basically, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Basically, there are a few really strong decks at the moment. Old Him, Jermai, and Icelander. There are some aggro decks, Five Viserai, and Briar. And Dash is also in the running for a Mm-hmm. Tier 1.5, Tier 1 deck. Um, and you've also been seeing a few, few Dorinthias, a few Bravos here and there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so basically, your deck at the moment needs to be able to deal with... So even though the aggro decks may not be Tier 1 at the moment, a lot of people just enjoy playing aggro. So. If you go to a major tournament, I don't think you're gonna see less than thirty percent aggro uh, just in general, uh, mm-hmm. especially the Runeblade players that are pretty faithful to their class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think five viscerai and Briar together are at least thirty percent of the meta, maybe thirty five, maybe forty. Um, so your deck needs to be able to answer that in some way. Either you can race them or you can disrupt them enough so that's
0: Mm
2: -hmm. that's one of the things your deck has to be able to do um your deck also wants to be able to play again wants to be resilient in terms of being able to deal with uh old him and icelander they're both very disruptive decks they both require you to play a little bit higher blue count and you just need to i mean you, you can't be so reliant on five card hands anymore with those heroes in the de- with the heroes those heroes in the game yep. and then uh Jomai is kind of a wild card hero uh that that's a hero that it's kind of a you know it's it's kind of its own category kind of like when we talked about the previous metas we talked about three pillars mm-hmm. we talked about you know starvo Viserai, prism mm-hmm. so basically control aggro and prism so here All we right. have the same situation we have control aggro and Dromai. So wow. um, Dromai is a is a pretty interesting hero. Um, I don't think there's anything in particular that, I mean, other than putting a few six power cards in your deck that you can particularly do to make your, I mean, your deck either is good against Dromai or it's not. Things like Viscerai are very good against Dromai because you have, I mean, very rarely do you get the benefit from your Movern Skies, but against Jormai, you actually do get the benefit from Moffin's guys. Skies. Uh, heroes like Dorinthia are also pretty decent against Jormai. You get to farm dragons for D- Domblade counters. That's pretty good. Uh, but some heroes are going to struggle against Jormai, like is going to struggle against Jormai. I think Old him, if you build it super defensively, is also going to have uh, some issue with Jormai. So currently, I think the meta is actually pretty wide open. It's kind of a Play what you want format, and just you know, try to up your blue count a little bit. Try to increase your six powers a little bit. Try to make sure you have enough oomph or enough disruption to to deal with the aggro decks. Um, as long as you can do those three things, and I think many decks in the format can do those three things. Uh, I think uh, you can kind of just play whatever you want. It's kind of a comfort format pick.
0: Excellent, excellent. Now, uh, you, you've made claims uh, before in the last like week or so coming into U.S. Nats that you're probably on Dorinthia. Is that safe mm-hmm. to safe to say going in today that uh, you still feel good about being Dorinthia? Uh,
2: the 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 pick here is how much Icelander shows up. Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the uh, how much Icelander and Ultim show up. Uh, those basically that kind of dictates what I'm going to play. Um, the I do really miss Dorinthia because mm-hmm. I didn't get to play her for like a year because of Prism, <laughs> uh, but I did get to play her quite a bit in Blitz, uh, so I you know still got my Dorinthia fix there. But uh, it's been a while since I've played her in CC in a you know high level event. Uh-huh. But I think I think now could be a decent time for her. So basically, if there's more Icelanders than I feel comfortable with, I'm going to play Dorinthia. Uh-huh. If there are less Icelanders, I will prob and more aggro decks, I will probably take Bolton. Bolton actually has very very stable matchups and favorable matchups against all three of the aggro decks, uh, Briar and Viserai. So once they lost Scalata, Viserai just isn't fast enough. And Briar, even if they have channel mount heroic, like, even then, they have to high roll you uh, mm-hmm. to be able to uh, to deal with you. Because Briar's defense is worse than Viseray's defense. So yep. Yep, uh, you execute the combo, you just, you basically just win against them. And Fi is actually the easiest one of the easiest decks for Bolton to play against. Uh, their deck actually can't block you at all. They're they're all attack actions that block for two. Yep. So basically they block for zero against uh, And you just gain so much health when you combo that like Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a very good point. It's, it's especially with the Halo of Illumination, which basically allows you to never have to never have to use a car use cards to charge. Uh you can basically just combo them with three soul, which is just it's just really, really comfortable, especially with the stubbies ban. Uh, yep. yeah. Yep. So those those three matchups are really, really nice for Bolton. And they're actually harder for Dorinthia. That's the thing. But uh Dory is much better against Icelander than uh than uh, Bolton. I also think there's also some there's also a little bit of more variance with Bolton because uh, there's a dragon. I forgot. I think it's Tomultide, the one that can blow up your armor if she <laughs> reveals two red cards. Mm, uh, yes. So there's there's some risk to taking Bolton against Dr- 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 Dromai because if they blow up your Courage of Bladehold, you just probably lose from there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be watching the the metagame share of the other gnats quite carefully. going to be doing some testing uh especially into these ice decks and i'll kind of get a feel for which one is better uh this is actually a nice uh well a lot of people kind of feel a little lost on what to play and my most recent fab 201 episode episode 10 was about how to pick a tournament deck and so if you want to watch that I highly recommend you go check that out if you're a little bit lost on what to play or how to pick a deck. Um, i go into great detail in that video.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, Speaking of videos on YouTube, the Card Guys uh, and you might be Mm -hmm. the most well-known name in, in both Flesh and Blood competitive teams and content creation. Uh, you talked a little bit, bit about joining the joining the team, but the YouTube channel has—I uh, just looked it up as you were speaking—has 17.3 thousand uh, subscribers as we speak right now, and I believe that's in terms of flesh and blood content. I think that is that's the tippity top. Uh, I think you got a couple couple people edging uh, coming up from the bottom a little bit, but that, mm. I think that clearly has uh, uh, you guys are kind of the top dogs there. Um, Tell me about uh, being part of the team that is has the hand in creating the content for such a successful channel. And we tie in another community question. Joe Trick from talishar.net uh, fame asks, do you have any plans to do some streaming? Personally, as a warrior main, I'd be happy to watch more gameplay and the amount of resources out there are limited.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with... Uh... You know, Talishard.net has uh, really come up in the last couple weeks. Um, that makes you know finding games, playing games, pretty easy. I might explore that. Uh, I, in terms of content, I've always tried to like look for like gaps in content. So if I can if if the if we can produce you know kind of unique or high level content i will always be doing that and i think there is a definite lack of very talent of uh talented warriors releasing content in general Mm -hmm. Uh, um the uh there just aren't a lot of us and uh i don't actually know anybody that plays both dory and bolton normally they just pick one uh but uh uh, yeah i i I would be very open to maybe not streaming but definitely recording some videos um because one of the best ways to pick up a deck is just to watch somebody that really knows what they're doing and then you know kind of ask them questions about like why did you do this or if they explain their lines a, a lot of the uh a, a lot of the uh, advantage you can get from playing warriors comes through experience. So once mm-hmm. you get into like a weird position once that like is programmed into your brain and now you're like, okay, when that situation comes up again, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be caught off guard. I'm going to know what to do. And you know, that that's just something that can be accelerated or learned through osmosis um, by watching somebody else. Yeah. So definitely would be uh, open to streaming or making some more content for there
0: excellent excellent mm-hmm. um so what is what is on the horizon here for you and and the team uh, what is what does the rest of 2022 look like uh and going into 2023
2: all right well the whole team will be going to u.s nats in charlotte in two or so weeks uh they mo- most of the team lives in georgia so it's just you know, Three hours for them. Oh. Nathan and I live in Alabama. That's like six, seven hours for us. Uh, but yeah, we'll be at US Nats. Uh if you're if you guys are in US Nats, come up and say hi to the card guys. or we're, we're all friendly, nice people. We'd love to chit-chat with you guys. Uh so yeah, that we're gonna be playing US Nats and um we might be hitting some battle hardens. I have a my brother lives in denver right so mm-hmm. the store that's actually hosting the battle hardened in denver is literally five minutes from his house so i might go visit my brother and then a little bit after that will be worlds uh, i'm very very excited for worlds uh like i like i mentioned before i i come from hong kong i have a lot of friends in hong kong that play mm-hmm. fab it'll be very nice to see uh the whole blue pitch team there and you know, Kelvin law will be there. Bun will be there and yeah, it'll be very, very, it'll be great to hang out with uh, my old friends from there. Uh, Going into 2023, we'll just try to hit up as many callings as we can. If there's a pro tour in Asia, uh, my guess is that'll it probably in Taiwan, either Taipei, Hong Kong or Singapore, possibly Bangkok. Um, yeah if there's a if there's a pro tour in asia i'll probably go because i i first of all i i haven't been back to hong kong for like since i left so it'd be nice to go back to hong kong and you know taipei bangkok singapore they're all in the same region so i can make a little bit of a trip out of that um but yeah, just we're, we plan on you know just hitting up as many events as we can. We plan on joining the next season of the Team League, so that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. We're we uh, yeah we're still in Division One, so we're gonna be keeping that yep, going. Yep. You guys, uh, did
0: you, I think you guys won D one last season, if I recall.
2: No, no, we we we're in the middle of the pack for D one.
0: We we need to oh, do. Oh, jeez, I thought you were in we, the finals. I misremembered. We, we, we,
2: we need to do better in in that. But uh, so that's a that's a thing. And then just uh, in terms of making content, uh, we well one of the things we're known for is our charts videos. So we make mm-hmm. tier lists. We make you know, alignment charts. We just these are like group discussions where we, you know, we have four to six of us and we just kinda chat about the meta and you know, basically it's a team meeting that's public. And mm-hmm. I think the the I think people really enjoy those type of videos. Those those generally do pretty well. Um so yeah, we'll just release more content like that. Um and you know we we also have a Patreon so we Put out content for that as well uh we write some articles we make some videos for that as well uh so yeah just playing fab in 2022 plan on playing fab in 2023 so oh, excellent yeah. is this is this is this
0: uh is is the goal a, a career here you want to do you want to be pro circuit full-time pro player what's 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 the aspiration mm.
2: Uh, this is more like my competitive outlet, basically. Mm-hmm. So something that I don't think a lot of people know, but you, 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 you might. Uh, I changed my nickname in the Discord channel, but my nickname on Discord is Stimmed Pro. If you have you, uh, played any StarCraft?
0: I I have not. I I have Starcraft. I
2: have dabbled. Yeah. You dabbled in StarCraft? Okay, so when I was younger. Hacks. Uh-huh. When I was younger, I was actually a I played StarCraft 2 competitively uh, as okay, a pro. Okay. Uh and you know, I traveled around to play StarCraft 2. And once you have once you play a game at like the highest level, um generally that competitive spirit, that competitive bite, sure, sure, never goes away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was in my twenties. Now I'm in my 30s, right? I'm not as fast and agile as I used to be, but my mind is still, I think, fairly sharp. So I can I can't play the, you know, I I can't click heads anymore. I can't, you know, micro marines like I used to, but I can still play turn-based strategy games. So mm-hmm. uh so yeah, a bit that competitive itch, I just I I need a competitive outlet at all times and when i was younger it was starcraft and then it was magic and now it's fab and yeah i will probably have that competitive drive for my whole life if i had to guess
0: excellent you know it's kind of, it's it's funny uh tar patel comes from starcraft mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. well, uh, it's it's fun to see the more the more guests we have on, they start to converge. You can see where all the converging heads are coming from, on uh, you know into flesh and blood. There's a lot of netrunner. You see a lot of now we're seeing Starcraft. It, it, I come from magic, and I I, mm-hmm. I was you know almost strictly a magic guy, and mm-hmm. no other reference for any other sort of competitive sport, whether it's esports or TCGs. But it's fun that this community is such a like a melting pot. A legend of the five rings. There's a whole, but Pablo yep. Pintor and his group all are are high level uh, legend of five rings guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's fun it's fun to see those different backgrounds coming together. I think that about wraps us up here, Josh. I'd like to Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on to the combat chain. And uh, thank you to the card guys for uh, facilitating uh, uh, this uh, arrangement. We appreciate all of you very much. Um, This is the time where you can plug your stuff. Where can we find you? What's important uh, that's coming up and uh, uh, where, where can all that be found?
2: uh well we the the hub of all of our content is on youtube you can search for the card guys there uh i'm in a lot of different videos with the team uh but in particular i make a video series there called fab 201 it is a video series where we talk about a variety of uh competitive issues and you know it's just a series that I've been working on for a while. Now there's 10 episodes. Now I try to make the content more evergreen if possible. So, uh, they, even though some of the videos are several months old, I still think they are, can be relevant today. Um, we also have, uh, a Patreon as well. Uh, the card guys, Patreon, uh, we make, we have a discord server. We have, uh, a lot of different benefits, a lot of different tiers that you can check out. Um, and you know, all the card guys are on the Discord server. We're we are, we're always pretty active in the in the chats there, and you know we we have a whole section for our Patreons. We have you know deck lists, cyborg guides, and such uh, over there. Uh, you guys can check that out. That'll help us you know get to events and all that. Uh, but uh, we also are planning on going to Nats. If you see us at Nats, say hi to us, and we will be have we will have our challenge chips with us if you happen to play one of the card guys make sure you challenge them if you win the match you will get a poker chip from that card guy which we will use for future giveaways or or we haven't quite worked out what we're doing with it because we haven't distributed chips but uh so yeah if you see a card guy you play them challenge them beat them and you will get a challenge chip very nice challenge ship. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore TCGZ. Uh, I don't tweet that much, but, uh, you know, quality over quantity, I guess, for me. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Now, is there is there something special they have to say to
0: a card guy to challenge them?
2: You know, uh, just before the match, just say, I challenge you. And they will get their chip out, put it on the table. And, you know, so each of the chips are different colors and Mm -hmm. they have a different icon on the back. So mine is actually a Dawnblade. I'll get it out from my uh, bag and show you later. But uh, it's a double sided uh, poker chip, has our initials there. It says, Thanks for the game. It has an icon related to our signature class on the back. They're very nice. They got a little heft to them as well. Uh, uh, Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Josh, for sharing those.
0: And of course, you can find The Combat Chain on YouTube. Uh, you can search the Combat Chain podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Combat Chain. You can find myself at Pat Smash Good. And you can find Adam at TCG. Now, there is one more piece of business before we close things out. Uh, mm. Every guest, we uh that comes on uh we we asked them to help us out with the outro uh Mm -hmm. so what i'm gonna say is until next week and then in unison Mm -hmm. we're all gonna say we are closing the combat chain Uh and sounds sounds awesome when we all when we all hit it if we don't all hit (laughs) it it's still still fun okay ready here we go All right, everybody, thanks a lot again to uh, Josh Lau, the card guys, for coming on. And I think that's going to do it for us. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we're We're closing closing the combat chain. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you very much, Josh.
1: Thank you so much, Josh. All right. See ya.